Yeah, indeed. I tried to, you know, with this book, I, I spent a lot of time going around the country trying to see as many different places and as many different kinds of, you know, haunted places, uh, you know, hotels, mansions, brothels, prisons, whatever, you know, and I, and I wanted to kind of sample as much and see if I could sort of understand how, you know, ghost stories in America kind of change from place to place and, you know, from year to year and how they sort of evolve in our public consciousness. Yeah, as you point out in your book, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's a cultural kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I had sort of naively thought when I started this was that a, a place like, say, you know, Los Angeles, which isn't as old as, as Boston or, or New York or Richmond, you know, wouldn't have as many ghost stories, that ghost stories were a function of longevity of history. But it, it turns out, of course, that, you know, L.A. is, is chocked full with, with ghost stories. They just happen to be about, you know, Hollywood. They happen to be about Marilyn Monroe and Rudolph Valentino. And, um, and what it, you know, what I realized is that these, these stories that we tell sort of vary from community to community in many ways because they are sort of a reflection of that, you know, that city or that culture's kind of, um, you know, their own sense of their own history that, that gets expressed through these ghost stories. Well, what, uh, I guess, did you encounter any ghosts in your investigations? Um, I certainly encountered some things I could not quite put a name to. Um, you know, I, I, I was shown some, some video of, you know, uh, of orbs and things that I, I couldn't easily or immediately dispel. Um, and I certainly was in a lot of places that, that felt, you know, strange and uncanny and unsettling and, um, you know, so you know whether or not that was a, a, a paranormal, uh, you know, specter from beyond the grave reaching out to, to you know, run their fingers up the back of my neck. Who knows? Because <laughs> I, I have to admit, I've never had an experience that I took to be an encounter with uh, a ghost or a, a paranormal being. I guess. Well, I, you know, I realized early on with this book that if I tried to convince believers that ghosts didn't exist. I would fail, and if I tried to convince, you know, skeptics that ghosts were real, I would fail. I, I think, I think most of us are probably, you know, somewhere in the middle, somewhere in that gray zone, and I think that was immediately more fascinating to me. It's to sort of try and understand if there was a way to sort of look at these stories and look at these buildings without necessarily uh, attempting to, to prove or, or disprove ghosts once and for all. So, you know, I was much more interested in in the stories themselves. You know, why. Why do some stories get told and not others? Why do we see kind of the same stories show up again and again in New England, whereas in California we have totally different stories? And I wanted to kind of understand it almost kind of from a folklore perspective. What about the haunted places themselves? I mean, do they share certain characteristics? Yeah, I mean, I I first got into this because uh, I grew up in San Jose, California, near the Winchester Mystery House, which, uh, if any of your your listeners know, is this 161-room Victorian mansion that's sort of laid out like a labyrinth and, you know, kind of always go every which direction. There's no rhyme or reason. And, and that was kind of my first inkling of, this, of, of what I ended up sort of, you know, finding in the book is that in, in a lot of cases, it is the weird buildings, the unusual architectures, the, the uneasy or unsettling structures that are, are most likely to be the ones that we call haunted. And I think in, in many ways, what, what I, you know, wanted to do with this book is really sort of understand the, the buildings that we move through and, and how they sort of take on their own identity and personality and even, you know, a spirit, if you will. And, of course, many hauntings um, are said to be by 
the ghosts of people who met an untimely or violent end. Um, that, that seems to be kind of a common thread. Is that what you found? Yeah, I mean, you can go all the way back to Hamlet, you know, and Hamlet's ghost saying, you know, my, my murder is unavenged. You know, I mean, we, we look to ghost stories as, you know, maybe a, a form of kind of uh, paranormal justice almost, you know, that, that if we don't get justice in this life, you know, our ghost will be able to get it in the next. And uh, I, I went to West Virginia where there's a story of a, of a woman who was murdered, uh, but it was made to look like an accident, and it wasn't until her ghost appeared to her mother that uh, they, they unmasked the killer. It's the only time I think a, a, a ghost has been used successfully in a murder prosecution. <laughs> wow, kind of kind of like the sixth sense. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, and um, but I guess it kind of sort of ties us to our history, does it not? Or do these stories and, and these, um, these apparitions? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for a lot of people, what ghost stories do is they allow us to connect with maybe the smaller moments in history, you know, not the, you know, famous generals and presidents and, you know, big momentous events, but, you know, the smaller stuff. I mean, the, the story of, you know, that weird house in, in the middle of town that nobody's ever lived in and, you know, the story of the, the old hotel that's always a little rickety. And we don't necessarily have, you know, big, big books by historians about these little places. And so oftentimes ghost stories are a way of keeping the memory of, of these otherwise kind of forgotten spaces alive. 